Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Charlie Matz, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 4th of September, 2020. Acknowledgement. Perhaps if we're honest, we'll admit this is something that we're not always great at because it requires that we take the focus off of ourselves long enough to appreciate someone else. My youngest daughter was born in July of 2019, and a few months into her life, my wife and I noticed that she wasn't growing. Uh, So we took her to the doctors and they said that she was quote unquote failing to thrive. Fast forward to her at 10 months and she was only 10 pounds. We prayed for God to provide for Esther and to show us how to wisely handle this daily more dire situation. Uh, Well, I'm happy to report that God has answered our prayers and through a series of specialists revealed that Esther had a tongue tie and it wasn't and she wasn't eating correctly and therefore not getting the nutrients that she needed. So within a few weeks of getting a procedure done, she was starting to thrive. But here's where I'm going with this. It was so tempting to just move on to the next thing when this happened. It was tempting to not pause, to praise God and just sit. Sit in his goodness, glorifying him, not only for what he did but more importantly, who he is. Today in our gospel reading, we're going to read about a situation that has a similar ring to it. This story provides a great reminder that we need to pause to praise our Lord and not just move on with our lives, fully focused on ourselves rather than him. So in Luke 17, 11 through 19, uh, today we see this story about Jesus and the 10 lepers. The lepers, uh, when they came across Jesus, were standing at a distance as was required for the lepers in this time. They shouted to Jesus, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Jesus asked them to go to the priests to get checked. This is before he healed them. The priests would usually inspect lepers to declare them healed and clean, almost like a health inspector of their day. It's almost as if Jesus was putting their faith to the test, asking them to walk toward the priest, knowing that Jesus would heal them on the way. It's once they obey and head that way that they are healed. And we see the immediate gratitude of one of them to God for his healing. In verse 15, it says, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus's feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. He acted with humility by falling prostrate before the Lord. And it's important to note that he was a Samaritan. You see, Samaritans and Jews didn't spend time together. And it would have actually been culturally consistent for the Samaritan to be the last to praise Jesus. But he was the first. And honestly, as we we see it recorded here in scripture, the only one. Uh, Jesus responds by asking, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? It's clear that the Samaritan recognizes Jesus to be more than just a get out of leprosy free card, but rather that he is the Lord. So let's praise the Lord today that he saves without distinction. No matter our background, no matter how we have sinned against him, his saving grace reaches past every barrier that we have set up as humans to save even the most unlikely. And perhaps this story offers a great lesson and encouragement to us today. Let's ask this question. When God works in our lives by healing, providing, or protecting us, are we quick to go back to our business like the nine Jewish lepers or like I was tempted to do with Esther? Or do we stop to fall on our face and worship our Lord, who is not a means to those ends, but he is the ends himself? It's so easy in our busy lives to just move on to the next thing. But 
Perhaps this week when God heals, provides, protects, and does all the things that only he can do, we can stop, fall on our face, and praise him for loving and caring for us, uh, who we are no greater than a Samaritan leper. Let's dive into our Old Testament passages today in Proverbs chapter chapters 15 through 18. Uh, as I have been doing, I want to pick out one verse from each chapter to focus on today. Proverbs 15:22 says, "Without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed." You know, counsel helps us avoid highly emotional decisions. Let's get some mature Christians around us before we make big decisions and plan things out so that we can be protected from our own sinful desires. Proverbs 16:32 says, "Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Self-control is more powerful than someone strong enough to overtake a city." Proverbs 17:3, "The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests hearts." The Lord tests hearts through adversity. Uh, when we are going through trials, as uh, we'll see in James this weekend, as I'm going through the book of James, we're going to be looking at how God uses trials to test our faith. And the Lord tests our hearts through adversity. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. This just jumped off my Bible this morning. Is this not what we see in our culture ad nauseum right now? Uh, Let's take this proverb as a warning for our own heart. Let's not become so calloused by what's going on in our country that we become the fool that's being talked about here. Let's spend some time in our New Testament reading today. We're in 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 26. Up to this point in this letter to Timothy, Paul has been directing everything he's been saying directly to Timothy. In our passage today, he shifts to encourage Timothy to remind the congregation of several important things. There are several commands that Paul is giving to Timothy and the congregation that I want us to focus on, especially in light of what we talked about yesterday regarding distraction. It's not a coincidence that Paul jumps into this list right after his warnings about distraction. So first of all, uh, do not quarrel about words, aka meaningless arguments. Uh, you, you know, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, uh, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. We don't want to partake in just the irreverent babble that's going on in our culture, because it will lead people away from God, not toward God. And then Paul directs his attention back to Timothy, starting in verse 22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Uh, And then in verse 23, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. This sounds a lot like what's going on in our culture right now. Great warnings for us to think about, to chew on, to pray about. Verse 24, it said, and and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. I pray that today we can see that this isn't just a list of to-dos or don'ts so that the church can remain tidy and less dramatic, although that is nice. But rather, in God's compassionate grace, he tells us here that all of this is so that more can come to repentance. Uh, When we clear our lives 
and the church of all the distracting drama, it makes a way for a more clear presentation of God's word and the gospel, leading to repentance and faith of the lost. So today, let's prayerfully check ourselves and ask if there's anything on this list that we can kind of machete away to make a clear path for the lost to walk toward the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Yes, God saves, and there's nothing we can do to usher someone into eternity in our own strength. But Paul and God make it clear in our own passage today that we can hinder that process with our own drama, noise, and sin. Now let's dig into our psalm reading for today. We're in Psalm 105 still, walking through verses 12 to 22 today. We see a focus on Joseph in today's reading, where the psalmist makes an incredible observation about faith. Let's focus on two verses in particular, 16 and 17, which say, When he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, this is God, he had sent a man ahead of, ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. So who broke all supply of bread? God. Who sent Joseph ahead of them? God. It's somewhat easy to read this and just glance over it because we're not living in the middle of it. We have the luxury of sitting back and watching the story of Joseph and Israel unfold from a 100,000 foot view level. But this should be a great encouragement to us because we are living in the middle of our own lives right now and we can praise God for his sovereign plan. We are in the middle of restrictions, political tension, division, anger, and perhaps more confusion than we've ever seen in our lifetime here in this country, only made worse by the emotional accelerant of social media. But now let's think about the fact that the psalmist has written a song. This is a song to sing about what was happening with Joseph. Do you think there were times when Joseph was in a pit or in a dungeon that he would be surprised to think that a song would be written about how amazing uh, God was and, and is for putting him there? I mean, Joseph understood how amazing God was, but to think about a song being written in such dire circumstances, at least in that moment, not being able to see the full picture and backup like we can now. It's easy for us to get myopic about our current situation. It's also easy for us to focus on working really hard to get ourselves out of it. But let's stop for a moment and just pray to the God who's the author of the very things we're trying to flee from. Let's picture a hundred years from now when a song is being written about today. Because of God's character, we can take to the bank the fact that he will use everything going on right now for our good and his glory. Do we trust that? I hope so. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.